We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. It's time now for Bitsy and Lions on WEEI. Here's the pitch. Swing and a line drive up the middle into center field. That's a base hit. Lindor has scored. Alonzo being waved home. Duran's throw is in front of the plate. Cut off and Alfaro is going to throw it to the wall in center field. Because of that, McNeil comes all the way around to score. And the Mets lead it 3-2. That was absolutely awful from Alfaro. And the 2-1. Swing and a high drive into center field. It is way back. It is gone. Tristan Casas, for the second time tonight, takes Max Scherzer deep, and it's 5-3 Red Sox. And it swung on it high to left field, not deep, toward the line. Yoshida goes over, and he makes the catch against the side wall and foul ground for the out to end the ball game. Right up against the side wall, Yoshida grabbed that foul ball to end it, and the Red Sox hang on to beat the Mets 8-6. to six. They get five home runs in the process as Paxton gets his sixth victory, a save for Jansen, and the Red Sox are back at a tie with the Yankees at 52-47 as they snap the three-game losing streak here at Fenway Park. Sunday morning to one and all within the sound of our voice. A beautiful Sunday morning in Boston, New England, the most important place on earth, the birthplace of America, and of course, the hotbed, the hub of great sports and great sports talk. This is Fitzy and Lions. Usually it's Fitzy and Hart. Last Sunday it was Hart and Lions. This Sunday, Andy Hart is at a lacrosse tournament, I believe. So once again. But I'll say the same thing that I said last week. Who needs Andy? (laughs) <laughs> and the funny thing was, he was actually present when you said it last week, and I think everyone agreed. Andy is resting up, getting ready for a huge week because, of course, Patriots training camp 2023 kicks off, and the Six Rings crew is going to get things started tomorrow with our big preview with Ross Tucker and so much more. You're not going to want to miss it. But today, on the Fitzy and Lions program, it's your old pal Nick Fitzy Stevens coming back to work after a restful and necessary week off the mic. And joining me today, the Batman to my Robin, the Robin to my Batman, the Starsky to my Hutch, the Hutch to my Starsky. It is the one and the only, the original bad boy of Bridgewater, the boss of ball game talk, the fresh prince of football himself, the sultan of the South Shore, the one and only John Lyons. What's up, Johnny? Hey, Nick. How are you, man? I appreciate the introduction. Uh, I don't know if I can keep track of all those nicknames, but uh, I'll do my best. I Listen, like I tell you, it's my job to try to steer the show, get the dialogue going, and act as hype man in the process well, as good well. Job. If, good, good thank night. you. Thank you. We're off to a good start. You know what? This, but here's the thing, John. I'm rested up. I took a week off of talking. No podcasts, no radio. I stayed tuned all week long, so I kept my finger on the pulse of what was going on with the Red Sox with the Patriots, with everything else in Boston sports and on the national scene, so I know what's going on, but I just needed to sort of like power things down a little bit before it's thrusters up, and we go, basically, this week we commit to the six-month ride that is football season, and even though we are in the throes of another gorgeous summer week right here in Boston, on Cape Cod, New England, and wherever you are, I'm fired up, and I absolutely can't wait. We want to hear from you today, folks. Two-way sports talk action is just ten numbers away 617-779-7937. Of course, when you call into the program today, say, Hi, I would like to speak to Fitzy and Lyons, and who am I speaking with? And, of course, you'll be greeted by Joe Braverman. Yes, you will. (laughs) Totally planned. (laughs) 
<laughs> See, it's your ability to improv, your uncanny knack of being able to say the right thing at the right time, Joe. The old classic I think gonna... yes and technique. That's yes, how we did that, it, Fitzy. That's that's improv one oh one, you know, yes and always support your partner, keep the ball up in the air as well. The text line is available for business at thirty seven ninety three seven. John and Joe will be monitoring for the best text throughout the day. Of course, if you choose to jump in the digital sandbox and talk along with us, please try to play nicely. And the socials at WEEI, at the real John Lyons, J-O-N, kind of like Jon Snow, although this John actually knows a few things. And I am at Fitzy GFY. We opened the show today with a little audio montage of last night's 8-6 Red Sox victory. Of course, they end up splitting the double header, if you will, yesterday, John. I know you popped on with KJ Carson reacting to the back half of Friday night's biblical deluge cancellation. Sox are not able to overcome a single run deficit. They drop the Friday night game that finishes Saturday afternoon, 5 4, last night, 8 6. And I got to tell you, if any one game encapsulates the roller coaster of a season that is the 2023 Red Sox and there are, there are warning signs. They should have warning signs all over Fenway, just like they do on like the real thrill rides at Six Flags and the great uh, water parks and you know amusement parks all across the country. This team is an absolute roller coaster. I mean, just hor- horrendous, like the worst defense in baseball, clutch hitting, a packed park, young stars on the rise, their games coming together, Jaron Duran, Tristan Casas with two absolute bombs last night as well. And then, of course, they've got bullpen issues, but in comes the professional Kenley Jansen to to lock it up. So, uh, how did you feel? How did you feel about the Sox picking up the dub last night after sadly dropping the opener uh, Saturday afternoon, John? Well, I think you're totally right in that yesterday encapsulated the entire Red Sox season. The early game, and I know that was a continuation of Friday. KJ and I talked about this yesterday. They were not ready to go. Uh, Tristan Casas yes. gets picked off to end the bottom of the fourth, which was technically the first inning, I guess, yesterday afternoon. <laughs> Raphael Devers misplayed a ball, which, of course, at Fenway was ruled a hit, so he didn't get an error. But oh my God, the love affair between the scorekeeper and I, these Sox, and especially Devers. I mean, Kike could have 40 errors at this point, and Devers should almost have 20 himself. Yeah, and Will Fleming on the broadcast, he was all over that, to his credit. And then Pete Alonso doubles. Moves to third on a wild pitch, scores the Mets' fifth run, which ultimately was the game-winning run. On the the anniversary of the the inside-the-park Grand Slam, that is almost as bad. Yeah, and I think, like, yesterday, the Red Sox were not ready to go. Much like, let's not forget, Nick, they were not ready to go to start this season either. So, again, encapsulates their season. And then last night... They were ready to go. They jumped out early. They hit five home runs, but Mm -hmm. defensively, they were awful, and you mentioned it. They're literally the worst defensive team in the major leagues. Their fielding percentage is 30th in the league. They have the most errors, and that's with a friendly scorekeeper at Fenway. They still have the most errors in the MLB, so I think yesterday was a really nice view of what they've been this year, which was a team that, that has a lineup that's good enough to maybe go deep in the playoffs, but then the other two phases, pitching and defense, are not even good enough right now to make the playoffs. Yeah, you literally, when I say it, I mean like literally cannot be worse defensively. And that does come with the hat tip of a super friendly scorekeeper at home. And I mean, we're talking about like the scorekeeper at Fenway is almost the equivalent now of like whenever Vladimir Putin plays hockey and oh my gosh, Dear President of Russia has scored his 20th goal of the game. Unbelievable. Oh, Kim Jong-un shot a 36 when he went out and played 18 today. Unre- I mean, like, it's it's comical. Even that Turner point. play at second base, they ruled a hit. I think it was in the eighth inning, like, that mm-hmm. bounced off him. So that's two yep. errors you should have had on the day that were both ruled hits. And you mentioned mm-hmm. it's been a kind of a consistent thing with Rafael Devers, who I will say I, I think has gotten better defensively over the past yes. three or four years. But still, I mean, the guy made a clear error, and they ruled it a hit. I so. saw a graphic that, like, since 2018, he's got, like, 20 more errors than any other third baseman in MLB. Yeah, so Let's he give really him a probably thir- has, like, 40 more. Let's give him let's give him a third of a billion dollar contract and put him at the hot corner at Fenway for the next decade. I look, they we're not going to go down the road of why the Red Sox ultimately chose to sign Devers. I mean, they they lost too many, if not hemorrhaged too many of their homegrown products in the first place, and by the time ownership and management was practically booed off the stage at the Red Sox celebration, if you will, out in Springfield a couple months ago, somebody was going to get signed following the fallout of Xander Bogarts. And it was Rafi Devers. And I'm a fan, and I think he is a pillar. 
He is a cornerstone, literally, that you can build around as well. And I love seeing some of the prospects come through as well. Jaron Duran, Tristan Casas, slowly but surely establishing themselves as major leaguers that you can build around. We will get into, in just a couple of minutes, what we think the Red Sox are going to do. We sit here today, gentle friends. It is July the 23rd, 2023. You're a little over a week away from the Major League Baseball trading deadline, and the Red Sox have some very interesting options and some serious questions, not only for this season, but for several seasons to come. So we'll address those, and we would love to get your feedback at 617-779-7937. But as we always like to kick off the program on Sunday, John, Andy and I love to play a little game where we just sort of like put our finger up in the air, we uh, get the pulse of the people and what's going on, and weigh in with what we think was the biggest story of the week, or actually the biggest winner of the week, if there was one in Boston sports. So, uh, John, I'll throw it to you. I'll pass the baton, and you can rock the mic. Who do you think won the week in sports? So I want to expand it beyond Boston sports. Of course, my first time doing this, Fitzy, I'm going to break the rules, so I want to expand Perfect. it beyond Boston sports. You but belong here. Yeah, way to, way to establish yourself. Way to just sort of whip it out and, and mark it in the sand, John. Good so job. I, I, it's got to be the Washington, D.C., and all the fans of the Washington Commanders because Dan Snyder is gone, which I guess is probably somehow a good thing for the Patriots that there's not an incompetent owner making the league look bad in Washington. Mm -hmm. But 24 years, six playoff appearances, two playoff wins, never made the NFC Championship game, 427 winning percentage, which was somehow 27th in the league. I don't know how they weren't last. Ten head coaches, and I mentioned 24 years, they had 27 different starting quarterbacks. So if you're a fan of the Washington Commanders or just watching decent football, you got to feel better now that Dan Snyder is gone and no longer the owner of the Commanders. So I know it's not Boston, Fitzy. I forget to break the rules right away, but I think those are the biggest winners of the week. Hey, r rules, where we're going, we don't need rules, John. All right, first of all. Second of all, this, you know, I want you to take ownership. This, you're not just filling in. You're now a new uh, part of the rotation here at WEEI and a welcome one at that as well. Appreciate and you should that. make your, you should make your mark. That's how Andy and I always do it by expanding the lines and sneaking out a little bit. Because to be quite honest, I, I I did the same thing. I look at the four teams. I look at the Celtics, the Bruins, the Red Sox, and the Patriots, and I don't think any of them can clearly distinguish themselves or lay claim to being the winner of the week as well. I think the Commanders and just general NFL fans. I do believe we have one Commanders fan. Uh, and they're likely not to be called the Commanders much longer because it seems like minority owner Magic Johnson has said that they're going to rebrand again after this season as well, which is just bananas to me to think that they're going to go from Redskins to football team to Commanders to insert fourth name within a decade. That's just that is the hilt, the apex, the Everest of dysfunction. I hope they go back to football team, personally. I, I was just going to say that. I, I would Of all the names they've had in the last 50 years, Washington football team, I think, was the coolest. And they had that like chic logo. Mm -hmm. I, I thought it was a really nice touch. And they kept all the colors of the original yep. Redskins, which I think was something a lot of the fans wanted. I, I think that would be a good way to go. And then it's not your fourth different name in the last five years or whatever it is. Yeah, I mean, we don't need to... like If they're going to put an exploratory committee together to discuss you know what name uh you know pays tribute to something local potentially uh is politically correct at the same time also honors the region its people and its rich history and of course politics washington dc capital of the united states one of the most important cities in the world like no no just you had it it was it was so obtusely simple it worked washington football team i would take that and yeah. yes i am glad that we as football fans john we're patriots fans first but we're also football fans and if we don't have to deal with that absolute bozo, uh, that just complete clown that is Dan Snyder, he's a very rich clown, but still he's a, 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 a blithe on the game. So I'm glad he's gone. For me, the winner of the week, and I know there's nothing sexier in Boston than Sunday morning in the middle of the summer soccer talk, I think the winner was soccer and Major League and MLS, Major League Soccer. I don't know if you happen to have caught Lionel Messi's uh, debut with Inter-Miami on Friday night uh, where he was inserted into the second half of the match and of course with a minute left he's got a uh, he absolutely hits a rocket to the upper left hand corner of the goal giving Miami the win on a free kick just outside the penalty box perfectly placed the place goes wild the investment in the star already paying off and I do believe I heard Andy Hart mention it this week maybe he mentioned it with you last Sunday John to me when I look at what 
they did in MLS with David Beckham and Inter Miami, bringing in the ultimate star in all of the world in soccer, that is Lionel Messi. When you see the money that they invested in him, the creative way that they put that deal together, and the immediate impact he had on the game, on social media, in the box office, etc., that to me is exactly how whoever is going to get Shohei Otani needs to think creatively, put together a deal the likes of which Major League Baseball has never seen before. I hope Fenway Sports Group was watching, saw that, and said, okay, so that's what happens when you put a big star in a big arena in a big-time moment, and he delivers. And that's exactly the kind of buzz I would love to see the Red Sox go and bring about for them as well. Yeah, and I think Messi's impact on the MLS is going to be bigger than David Beckham's was. David Beckham, Ten times. I think it was a cool, but he's out in L.A. He was well past his prime at that point. A, MLS is more popular now than it was when Beckham came in. But mm-hmm. B, I think Messi's just going to have a flat-out bigger impact on the field and in the excitement factor. So I think it's going to have a bigger impact. I think if you're MLS, though, you need to have more guys like that. Like you mentioned Stars and Otani. Like one thing MLB has done a much better job of over the past five years is marketing their young stars. I think that was something they didn't do a good job of the 15 or 20 years prior. The last five years, we've seen them do a much better job marketing their young stars, and I think it's helped grow the game in addition to obviously the new rules, which have made baseball way better to watch. And how ironic is it that Messi's team is one of their owners is David Beckham? Yeah, he helped put the whole deal together as well. And you're right, John. David Beckham had an an impact on MLS a little bit. Yes, he was washed by that point, and it was really more of a victory lap, congratulatory. Look at this, trot out the old celebrity contract. But he also made a ton of money. He made the franchise a ton of money. Then he was allowed to buy a team. He buys into Miami, and now he's able to lure Lionel Messi, who is definitely playing the back nine of his professional football, if you will, his professional soccer career, but at the same time can obviously still bring it. Guy's going to probably score two goals a game because he is the superior talent of Major League Soccer. I heard a story also that uh, Sporting KC was very close to bringing in Ronaldo before Saudi Arabia just offered him an absurd amount of money. Imagine if he actually took the deal that was very similar to Messi's deal to go to Sporting KC and if Kansas City had you know, a back nine Ronaldo but Patrick Mahomes as well. What a scene that would have made KC. But anyway, let's hope that the Red Sox took a look at that on Friday with Lionel Messi scoring the game-winning goal. Let's hope they're also keeping their finger on what's going on with Shohei Otani. The Angels are kind of streaking again, which makes me think they might hold on to Otani as opposed to trading him and getting a double of whatever the Herschel Walker trade equivalent was for baseball. We shall see. 617-779-7937. Is the number, if you would like to weigh in on who maybe won the week, Boston sports-wise, or who won the week sports-wise in America, go right ahead. When we come back, we will talk about what we think the Red Sox are going to do and what they need to do at the trade deadline, which is less than 10 days away. Do they buy, do they sell, or do they likely, and I think this is kind of where we're going to land, do they kind of middle it? But first, we will catch you up on everything trending in the wide world of sports with our guy, Joe Braverman. The Rich Keefe Show, weeknights starting at 6. Now, here's what's trending on WEEI. Well, the aforementioned Red Sox played twice yesterday. In the afternoon, they resumed Friday night's game with the Mets. They fell 5-4, to four, but they did bounce back in the nightcap with an 8-6 victory over the Mets. Sox hit five home runs off of Max Scherzer, two of them coming from Tristan Casas, Alex Cora, talked post-game about what he saw in Casas' at-bats. I think this part of it, he gets it more than some of the younger guys, and uh, I'm glad that we stayed patient with him, understanding the process, and now we've seen, the, we've seen that. The rubber match between the Sox and the Mets will take place tonight on Sunday Night Baseball. Joe Castiglione Will Fleming have the call from Fenway at 710 on the Shaw's and Star Market. WEEI Red Sox Network Shaw's perfecting the art afresh. Brendan Bernardino will get the start for the Sox in a bullpen game against Carlos Carrasco for New York. Mark Dondero will get everything ready with the Mass Mutual pregame show one hour before first pitch. Mass Mutual Insurance Planning Investments. Other Red Sox news, Trevor Story last night was the DH for the Portland Sea Dogs in AA for his second rehab game. He went 0-4 with four strikeouts. Also in Sox news, according to the Athletics' Fabian Ardaya, the Dodgers are targeting former Dodger Kike Hernandez as a possible trade target before the August 1st deadline, along with Mark Kana and Tommy Pham. Final round of the Open Championship is underway from Royal Liverpool Golf Club. 
Brian Harmon, the American, still leads it at 11 under through four holes. Tommy Fleetwood is second at minus seven. And four other golfers are at minus six. And the Revolution dropped their first game of the League's Cup to the New York Red Bulls on penalty kicks. The Revs and Red Bulls were tied at 0-0, but New York won the penalty shootout 4-2. The Revs will now play Atletico San Luis on Wednesday night at 7.30. I'm Joe Braverman, and that's what's trending on WEI and WEI.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. I think it's really important that the roster, that the players, that the clubhouse, the staff, uh, understand and feel the support from ownership and front and the front office. This is a roster that um, is was built to compete uh, in a very very tough division. We've made significant investment into this team. John Henry and Tom Warner are always going to do that. I don't think you want to make a trade at the trade deadline just to make a trade. I think you want to make a deal to bolster uh, what you have if, if you need to, if you have holes. I think we're two or three games out of a wild card spot. Obviously not where we want to be, but recognizing we've got 40% of the schedule remaining, um, we've got the potential post-trade deadline for three impact starters to come back hopefully in the month of August with and, and Witt and Tanner and Chris Sale and then you know, fingers crossed, but we might have Trevor Story coming back sooner and later, an impact arm in the bullpen and John Schreiber. So it, it's frankly, it's much more important that we get those guys back healthy and contributing because I think if they had been healthy uh, over, you know, the balance of the season, uh, we, we, we probably wouldn't be, you know, a couple games out of the wild card. I think we'd be firmly ensconced in a playoff position. Sunday morning, man, she woke up. A little Luke Combs I hear right there, Joe Braverman. How about that man? My gosh. Just you don't even talk to someone for a couple of weeks. He's already reading the room, checking the leaves. Perfect rejoin. Saw that photo of Luke Combs and Bill Belichick. That might have been the I'm not sure if you saw that, John Lyons, but uh that might have been the biggest I've seen Bill Belichick smile in years. Yeah, probably since Super Bowl fifty three, uh, I would think. <laughs> I don't he doesn't even smile that much after he takes home the Lombardi. That sort of seems that sort of seems like a well, fait accompli for him. he's probably met Luke Combs fewer times than he's won the Super Bowl, so maybe you're right. Yeah, he was awfully happy about that, and I heard it was one hell of a show down at Gillette. Gillette has been on an absolute tear. If the energy of the shows that have been brought to Gillette this particular spring and summer can carry over to the fall uh, with the new Lighthouse, the new Mega Ultra you know, 10K HD super monitor and everything else, the sports lounge, the beer beer hall and everything else. I think the Patriots may be in for one exciting season. This is Fitzy and Lions. Usually it's Fitzy and Hart. Andy is off today getting ready for the start of training camp this week. I am pleased to be joined by a new member of the air staff here at WEI and WEI.com. John Lyons from New England Football Journal, where you can check out his work. And, of course, he'll be contributing to the dot-com here and joining us as a member of the broadcast team, we are talking a little Red Sox on the start of this beautiful summer Sunday in New England right now. And, of course, you can join us with that 617-779-7937 check-in. So what to do with these Red Sox, John? You are eight and a half games back of the, and this is incredible to say this, but you know, 2023 has been a hell of a drug. The first place Baltimore Orioles at this point now in the American League East. The Sox are continually nipping at the heels of the wild card. I believe they are just, what do they sit about? A game out right now of the final wild card spot? They are two games out of the final two wild games. card spot. Behind Toronto. Yep, behind Toronto. A team that they have not lost to this year. Amazing how these Red Sox continue with the mod squad, the odd squad, the sort of Franken team that Heim Bloom and company have put together for 2023. They continue, they deign to be relevant they flirt with being good, if not excellent at times. But then again, we see some spot starters having issues. They go out to Oakland. I mean, had they won two out of three in Oakland this week, John, we would have easily said they won the week and they're putting themselves 
in a bit in a position to be more successful and to take advantage of the opportunity presented. Every time they take a big step forward, they seem to take a, a, a step not quite as big backward. So they're incrementally making progress. And now you're looking at a trade deadline coming up in just over a week's time where you can either sell off all your professional assets, say, this has been a fun bridge year, but we are really locking in on 2024 and beyond. Or, as it seems, Sam Kennedy, uh, appearing Thursday on the Greg Hill Show, minus Greg, Chris Curtis, driving the ship, as Sam Kennedy from the Red Sox intimated, it seems like they believe they have enough in the room and enough reinforcements, enough... uh, should we should we say enough talent coming back to the ranks potentially uh, in Schreiber, Trevor Story, who's rehabbing now in Portland. Yes, he had uh, the golden sombrero last night with four ponchados, but on Friday night he had a long Johnson. He had a big he had a big bomb uh, for the Portland Sea Dogs. A little double A action on Friday. You may get Hauk back. You you get I don't know what you can expect from Sale, Whitlock, John Schreiber. That may be enough even to comfortably part with Kike Hernandez, who we've heard the Dodgers may be interested in bringing back, and maybe some assets like Chris Martin and Paxton. How would you potentially approach this deadline, John? Buy, buy big, sell, sell big, or maybe sort of as we think they may do, middle it? Yeah, I I would buy small, if that makes sense. So a little bit closer to the middling part because, look, I would not trade Paxton. I would not trade Chris Martin because you mentioned, oh, they might have Sale coming back, Hauk, Whitlock, which is all true. But can we really depend on Chris Sale's health? And I think Garrett Whitlock is still a better piece coming out of the bullpen and spots for a couple innings and high leverage situations. So I still think they need another starter, and not just for this year, Fitzy, but next year and the year after. If they're going to build themselves into a contender like, believe it or not, the Baltimore Orioles are, if they're going to build themselves into that, they need more starting pitching. We talked already how bad they are in the field. Like I think they have a lineup right now that's good enough to go deep in the playoffs. So they could trade a guy like Adam Duvall and give Jaron Duran more innings and more games and more starts, and I think they would be better off. And then you can either get pitching for Duvall or whatever prospects you get, then you can use other assets you have to improve your pitching staff. And if Kike Hernandez goes, I mean, it's obviously not going to hurt them in the field, as we know. But I, I think that's something that you just got Yu Chang back. If Story comes back and can play the field by mid to late August, they're probably going to be better there because at least they won't have Justin Turner playing second base. So I would buy small like I would go get mm-hmm. a number two or if an ace is out there great I don't really see an ace outside of Shohei Otani being available on the trade market so if you get a guy like J.P. Sears that K.J. Carson and I talked about last night or a Lucas Giolito from the White Sox again that's you bring in a guy like that that's your second or third best starter already coming in before guys come back and, and the issue and I want to get your thoughts on this too Fitzy I know the Red Sox want to say, oh, we're going to have Story coming back. We're going to have Sale coming back. And that is true, but if you want to play that game, the Yankees, who are tied with them, are going to have Aaron Judge coming back. And they just had Carlos Rodon come back, who I know has had mm-hmm. a rough last two starts, but he's had a sub-three ERA the last two seasons. That's an He's going to figure pitcher. it out. Oh, exactly. for sure. He'll, so, yeah, he'll put it together. I mean, you're going to have guys coming back for not just you, but for other contenders that are going to help them. I think the Red Sox need these guys back and more if they're going to make the playoffs. Yeah, as a matter of fact, if you look at the AL East overall, the Orioles are just playing terrific baseball. They're yeah. seven and three in their last ten. Uh, they're a better team away, even from Camden Yards, than they are at home. I expect them with that, just at, at, with them being so flush with young talent, to be in this the entire way. The Rays cannot possibly play as poorly as they've played the last couple of weeks for the long haul. There's just too much talent on that team, and there's too much good pitching. The Blue Jays. They, I don't know what the story with these Blue Jays is. They should be way better than they are, but they're not the offensive juggernaut. They're not the, you know, 2002 Oakland A's reincarnated that we thought they would be with that uh, absolute mash unit, that beer league softball lineup that they have. The Yankees have wildly underperformed, but of course the injuries to Stanton didn't have Rodon for a while. Now Judge should be coming back soon. You could expect likely all of the teams ahead of the Red Sox in the AL East to play as is, if not potentially better, the final two months of the season. So the Red Sox can either tuck it and run and say, hey, it's been fun. Uh, thanks for coming to Fenway, everybody. We'll see you next year. And we just sold off a bunch of parts. And boy, are we you know, cocked, locked, and ready to rock for 24 and beyond. Or, like you said, 
buy modestly. Hopefully you get some healthy returns. And then at that point, you try to compete for that last wild card. You make this season worth something. See, I to me, I think it would be such borderline insult. But I think it would be such a disservice to your fans, the ones that watch on TV, the ones who we love, who listen to the Shaw's Red Sox radio network, who tune in for Will Fleming and Sean McDonough and Brad Foe and Lou Merloni and, uh, the, and you know Sean McDonough and everybody that's in the booth this season, everyone who play, follows along at home, everyone who still cares, everyone who shows up at Fenway and isn't just there for selfies and a T-shirt. You know, don't do your fans a disservice because it's been a very choppy several years uh, during the Heimblum tenure. I want to see this team buy in a little bit. I would love to see some of these guys come back. I know I keep getting told... Trevor Story returning. You can't count that as like a trade deadline acquisition. I don't know why I'm not allowed to do that, but that's what Merloni and Bradfoe have told me. So they know more about baseball than I do. I'll rock and roll with them. If you sell off Duvall, like you said, that gives you more Jaron Duran time. Awesome. Uh, this kid is turning into something else. What a comeback story, by the way. A year ago, 100%. everybody was like, this kid sucks. Bad attitude. Not delivering You want a good field. story about that, Fitzy? This, oh, is, would, this, is, this is how much Jaron Duran last year sucked and frustrated Red Sox fans. What a putz. He was like somewhere between a putz and a douche. So we're right around the anniversary of that 25-8 loss to the Blue Jays where he watched that ball go over his head and ended up Mm -hmm. an inside. Oh, my God. Oh, I forgot about that play, John. Yeah, sorry for the reminder. But when that happened, I was on vacation in the Utah desert. All right, so I went for a hike the morning after in the – remember, Utah desert, there's nobody around. I'm on a hike in the Utah desert, walking around. It's like 7 a.m. We don't see any people for the first, like, mile, mile and a half. And all of a sudden, I I come across some guy about two miles in who's taking a break, and he just looks at me, sees my Red Sox hat, kind of smirks and says, yeah, did you see the game in Duran last night? And I was like, geez, man. <laughs> you know, it's, we're we're 3,000 miles away, and that's how bad these guys have been, and him especially. And I think you're right. This year, he's you can make the argument he's their best player right now. That's all we need to know is that you guys are doubting us, everybody's doubting us, and then, and then when it happens, don't, don't be cheering for us. Yeah. Oh, God. I mean, how much amnesty did that guy burn up? And I, apologies, I meant to say dink, not the other D word just a few moments ago. But it, that was that was immature, dinkish behavior that he displayed last year as well. And just when you want to start making fans during what was a very lackluster season, he's, he comes out with something like that. Like, you haven't been here long enough to play the uh, you're either with us or against us. It's us versus the world card. Like, I found that to be uh, out of out of place. Uh, disingenuous, and it sh- and it showed John that fracture last year that existed between the young players like du- like uh, Duran and like Casas versus some of the entrenched veterans like JD Martinez, like Bogarts, that just sort of spelled for what was a dysfunctional and disappointing season. And that's hilarious that out in the Utah, yeah, the arid yeah. Utah desert, Red Sox Nation resonates. The one guy that I saw, like, because it was like a total of like a three or four mile hike, and, and like the one person that we saw, just, hey, you see the game last night? And yeah, I was like, yeah, thank, thanks, pal. I, I, I did. It's not it's not miserable enough on this hike already. Thank you. Appreciate that. But Shout out to some of our texters at 37937. Thank you guys for weighing in. Brett and Evan are listening on 96.3, our Cape Cod affiliate. The Red Sox need to buy. They need to do us a service and commit to the season. I couldn't agree with you more. To the phones we go, John, now. Line one, Adam in Providence wants to talk about these Red Sox and making a big decision. I couldn't agree with this guy more. What's up, Adam? Hey, guys. What's going on? How are you doing this morning? How are you? Good, doing well, doing well. I mean, I think I, I agree with the sentiment, right? You talk about story coming back. You talk about sale coming about back. You can't – there's no degree of reliability with either. you got a guy coming off a year-long plus injury. you got a guy in sale who hasn't been healthy for three to four years. I understand needing to satisfy the fans, needing to appease the fans, but what I don't want the team to do is go out, make trades, and just to kind of appease a you know um, a fan base, and then it looks like it sets us back another year or two. So I think they you look at the division; it's obviously tough. The Orioles, the the, the Blue Jays, the Orioles are only going to get stronger. I think you the fans, and I'm one of them, need to take a realistic assessment of what's here and say I'd love I'd love the team to buy in and go on on this season, but is that really working in the long haul? And if they're selling these guys coming back who aren't reliable with any stretch of the imagination, I don't know if that's the right move. So that, that's really my, my take on things. 
Uh, I appreciate the call, Adam. Thanks very much for checking us out on uh, 1037, our fantastic Providence, Rhode Island affiliate as well. Uh, the the idea uh, that the Red Sox need to do sort of a, a gut check or like look in the mirror and decide, okay, who are we? Are we all about 24, 25, 26 in the future? Are we a good enough team to compete now? And yes, listen, they have the fortune. I, to me, it's the fortune of being in a competitive division, and they play really well against most of the teams except for the Orioles. In the AL East, John, I think that keeps the Yeah, their sharp. AL East record is what's killed them is they're 14 and 20 in interleague play. Like Let's they have a winning the NL, yeah, they, and they have, I think, if my count is right, fifteen more games versus National League teams Ugh. this year. So I mean, that's not a good recipe. But to the caller's point, in the Heim Bloom era, mm-hmm. have they ever really been buyers? Like you think he gets hired, his first major move is to trade Mookie Betts, and mm-hmm. you can say it was, you know, hey, you like Verdugo and you like Wong, whatever. But the point is, is they sold a big piece. Twenty twenty, they were one of the worst teams in baseball. Obviously didn't buy. 2021, they kind of were buyers, but even then it was they traded for Kyle Schwarber, who was a lower price than Anthony Rizzo at the time. And I know it worked out, Mm -hmm. and he was good, and credit to them, but they weren't super aggressive. Last year, they obviously, we know what happened. They kind of tried to thread the needle middle of the road, and it didn't work. That's exactly what they can't do this year. Look to last year, yes. They've never really been buyers, or at least full buyers under Bloom, and I don't expect them to be this year because I don't know if – in their trajectory of being a contender, I don't know if they're there yet to be a full buyer. Maybe next year they will be, but I think they're at least at the point where they can be, as I said earlier, kind of small buyers. Because I think that's something that most of the years since Bloom came, they haven't even been that. So if you, let's say the Sox deal away a couple of a couple of players that are currently on the Major League roster. So you deal away, let's say... They they believe Trevor Story will come back and make an impact in the field and in the lineup in two to two and a half weeks. Chris Sale may be able to be a bullpen arm, although depending on Chris Sale is like trying to depend on the weather in New England this summer, so that's probably not best served. Whitlock, unfortunately, he spends too much time like our kids' trophies on the shelf. I love that kid. I'm with you 1,010%. I would much rather see him in the bullpen because I feel like uh, – He's more of a... Uh, he's a weapon out of the bullpen. He's a weapon like, out of the... You, you can, can put... You, fourth close, inning, two innings, inning, three innings. Yeah. Um, he's more like uh, Miller. Now I'm forgetting his first name. Um, Andrew Miller. Andrew yeah, Miller, they, who I thought... Yeah, oh, I think it was... Cle- was it Cleveland yep. who used him like that? Like, mm-hmm. he was absolutely... Like, and to me, I think if you're a true top-level contender, you want a guy like that out of your bullpen. Oh, a, th- a thousand percent. If you could deploy him out of the bullpen... And Hauk comes back, and he can start, and Schreiber could replace Martin. If they move on from Kike, Martin, Duvall, I don't think they, they miss much. Uh, listen, I was all about how well Adam Duvall played before he broke his wrist. He has not been nearly the impact bat since. But you're right. You do have to start get, getting more meaningful at-bats to Jaron Duran, who's on an emotional comeback tour and actually becoming both a fan favorite and, like you said, maybe their most dynamic presence in the lineup now. Casas is hitting well. You have to base the best thing they could do. Make this an interesting stretch run for us. Do not seed top story in the city to the Patriots who kick off camp this week. Give us maybe not an August to remember, but at least an August and early September to stay tuned, continue to be engaged, root for the team, and maybe give us a couple new faces to cheer for as well. Yeah, no one's expecting a world championship, but as long as they're competitive. But I think one thing, too, that's important is if you can get guys like Duran and Casas to have playoff at-bats, like in their development, I think that's enormous in itself. I mean, you look at the 2018 team that won the World Series and that great core they had, those were guys that made the playoffs the previous year, got playoff experience, and then obviously the team was better in 18, but that – Playoff experience, I think, is so valuable to the development of not just those two, but all their young players. Two of Andy Hart's principles, both as a youth sports coach and as a sports fan and analyst, are, number one, I always need to see the right kind of energy, effort, and attitude, EEA. And if these Red Sox continue not to play with the lackluster energy they had at the continuation of the first game yesterday, but rather the energy they brought to the ballpark last night, and they have a lot of effort and the right attitude, then I'll tune in because B, Andy's other principle is entertain me. This is sports. Sports, professional sports, above all, is entertainment. And Don't it's forget his other as... principle. He's always right. Oh, I, 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 we, that one we can just whistle right past, Joe, of course. Uh, 
Yeah, as long as we're entertained, that's fine. And good point, John. If this season turns out to be, hey, we didn't make the playoffs, we gave it our best the entire way through, and we were actually able to sort of like restock the pantry a little bit plus bolster the ranks at the major league level for 2024, and these guys are going to have the experience of at least trying to compete uh, on a stretch run or on a pennant chase and trying to get the wild card, that will build the kind of resolve and metal they will need to be able to get after it next year as well. All right, time to pay some bills. We'll be back in just a couple of minutes. AJ, Rick, all the callers on hold to want to talk Red Sox. Hang on. We will get to you on the other side. This is Nick Fitzy Stevens and John Lyons. Fitzy and Lyons here on a Sunday morning on WEEI. Payoff pitches crushed to left field. This one is gone. Trevor's story with a monster three-run shot over the main monster in left field. Friday night, the Portland Sea Dogs got a bomber. A Long Johnson, the first rehab ding-dong, if you will, of 2023 from Trevor Story, who has a little, shall we say, John Lyons making up to do for the Red Sox and the fans because it's been mostly Bustamante since they signed him on that. Was it a seven-year, $160 million deal? I think deal? it was 6 and 140 which, by the way, I don't think they offered to Xander Bogarts. So that no. also adds a little bit of the sting. Just puts a little bit of an extra sting. So it was ultimately six for one forty. The first two years, by and all large. guaranteed. By the way, uh, and that's the best. Isn't that the best part? Just guaranteed one hundred and four. I would love for somebody to pay me twenty. I got a bunch I think of we nicks gotta and bruises. Maybe make that happen. You know, we got to maybe have a discussion about that. Mm. Both the guaranteed contracts as well as you can get paid twenty three million dollars, or in the case of Chris Sale, twenty nine million dollars to try to ready yourself, get better, physically improve sit on the shelf and not be able to contribute. Look, see, here's the thing. If we fall back down the hole of that was a bad deal by Bloom, they did Bogart's dirty, he never should have left town, why in the world did Dombrowski sign Chris Sale? Look, the, fu- the, the all facts. All facts, true. Facts only department checking in nice and early here on a Sunday Fitzy and Lions program on EEI. The ownership has to sign off on all these things as well. So to just always blame your chief baseball operator, to just blame... Uh, your general manager all the time. I mean, they instigate the move, obviously, but still ownership has to sign off on that as well. We'll get to later on in the program how exactly that's working. in Foxborough these days seems to be a little bit of a disconnect down there as far as players' expenditures and acquisitions as well. But back to the phones we go. Mr. Lyons, we got A.J. in Cranston. Little roadie checking in a lot this morning talking Red Sox. What's up, A.J.? What's happening, Fitzy? What's up, Lyons? Uh, so, yeah, I, I think that the stocks need to be buyers up the deadline. Absolutely. I called yesterday. I thought the kind of credit. And I, I think that if the stocks play like they should play the next couple of days, we're going to see them be buyers. However, what I don't want to see happen is that they, they don't play like they should. And Gloom ultimately gets what he wants, his, his way of doing things, and just starts trading off players like Paxton. And I wouldn't mind seeing them trade Duvall for pitching. But they got to hang on to Paxton. I uh, appreciate the call, Joe. Uh, AJ's big. Uh, hopefully, he's able to complete that transaction or finish bagging those groceries. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not exactly sure. I always love when there's just a little bit of a background uh, din, John, to a call that's like kind of a mystery. Like sometimes people will be in the in the car on their Bluetooth and they're and they're talking to us, and like the blinker is going on for like yeah. a solid minute. Or they have their window just a little bit down, so you have a slight <laughs> amount of wind. I, I like the people. That you know they call and they're either at work or at a family function, so they talk into the phone like this and they whisper, you know, like that. Like I, I always enjoy that because that means you're putting our show above whatever work you need to do, and I appreciate that. He does make a good point about um, Heim Bloom and the yep. next couple of stretch because he said for I think two weeks now, like mm-hmm. the next few games will decide what we do. Sam Kennedy said we played the interview from him earlier, and I'm paraphrasing him. He said in that interview, the next nine games are the most important of the season. And so far they're one and one in those nine. But I think it, it's it's huge for not just this trade deadline, and I don't want to overstate it, but I think it is important for the direction of the franchise over the next few years. I mean, are oh. they really going to invest? Are they going to really push these young players to get in the playoffs and accelerate their development? I, I think it's a, you know, it's tough in baseball to sit here and say, oh, the next seven games are absolutely critical. But I think these next seven games are pretty damn important. 
They they are. And look, listen, you catch the Mets at the right time because they're a mess. And my gosh, the $43 million disaster that is turning into Max Scherzer, who was brought in to be a mercenary along with Justin Verlander on Steve Cohen's $350 million New York Metropolitans project that has a losing record. This is the right time to play the Mets. You have to win tonight's game. This is an absolute must win for the Sox. And then this gauntlet that we're talking about leading up to the Red Sox flying out to the West Coast, uh, you're looking at two games against the Braves. you got a Tuesday and Wednesday tilt, both 7-10 on the Shaw's WEI Red Sox network from friendly Fenway, hopefully not flooded Fenway. Then they travel Thursday, and they go out for three against the Giants. And then you got a couple while you're on the West Coast swing against the Mariners. By that point, you have reached August 1st. You need to know by the time you get through that Giant series, maybe by Sunday, July 30th, which direction the franchise is headed and what you're going to do. Because uh, AJ's point was also that fans will be pissed and there'll be a little bit of a mini revolt if the Sox don't commit to at least trying to go for it with this team or, like you said, buy modestly, John, and do a little bit to uh, add to these ranks to replenish Maybe, maybe, just maybe they have enough. In, I think they have enough in them, at least offensively, to be able to keep up with most of these teams. If they get a couple pitchers back, we'll see what they can do while you're also looking to the future. I do not believe they're going to buy big or just, you know, make a splash move. What could you realistically expect, John, if they move on from Kike and Duvall? And I would hold on to Martin and Paxton, too, because these guys have been tremendous veteran contributors and can be tent poles of a pitching staff that you're in process of turning around and rebuilding what's the best the red sox could look to acquire if they do a modest buy i think if you're going to do a modest buy and let's say you move on from duvall even from kike i mean kike's value i can't imagine it being that big right now even for a team like the dodgers that knows him duvall's value i think is moderate maybe a little less than moderate so you might get some you know mid-tier prospects or lower mid-tier prospects for those guys i think if there's one hope for me that they can walk away from this deadline it's another legit starter that maybe yeah an ace would be great but even a guy that could be your second best starter or a close third best starter because one of the issues fitzy kj and i talked about this yesterday Mm -hmm. the red sox have had seven winning streaks this year of three or more games, and they've had eight losing streaks of three or more games. So it's like they'll lose three, then Bayo and Paxson will pitch, they'll win a couple, maybe win one more, and then they'll lose a few more. And it's this back and forth. We haven't really seen much consistency, and I think mm-hmm. if you add another arm in that rotation, a legit arm, that and, and I look, I know it's Tanner Houck pitched reasonably well, Chris Sale pitched well before he got hurt, but I'm saying beyond them, then I think you're looking at it where you can start taking two out of three in series and winning series, and that's going to stack up to you get that final wild card spot. Yeah, right now, Chris Martin, he is in the first year of a two-year, $13.5 million deal. He's been terrific this year as well. You could look to him and say, all right, we've already gotten a lot out of him this year. Uh, He's made a great contribution. And if he, along with Duvall, maybe they both go to the same team, can bring you back a mid-level starter who can tr- sort of steady the rotation, if you will. Uh, I, I I guess I'd be in favor of it, although, you know, as we've seen with the Red Sox having to trot out umpteen different openers this season, John, yeah. that you can't have enough live arms in the bullpen. And having a dependable eighth-inning guy like Martin and a dependable ninth-inning guy like Kenley Jansen, whether you're expected to win the World Series, chasing a wild card like the Sox, or even just, you know, another team, a Jag squad just looking to get to the end of September, that's that's super important as well. And maybe, just maybe, Kike Hernandez is most valuable to the Dodgers. Maybe they think they could fix him, if you will, and they want to sort of bring him back home as they make a stretch run and try to get back to the World Series themselves. We shall see. I would like to buy modestly. I know John would as well. If you'd like to weigh in at any point during the program about the Red Sox and tell us what you think they should or will do at the deadline, Please give a call. It's 617-779-7937. When we come back, actually, you know what? Let's grab one more call before we go. Uh, Steve is in Swampscott. He wants to uh, talk a quick Red Sox moment. Go ahead, Steve. Yeah, how you doing? So as I was telling the guy, you know, if this is supposed to be a serious run, where, where was Red Sox Nation last night? There, there, there seemed to be more Mets fans than Red Sox fans. And then you got that guy behind a plate 
you know, that looks like Fabio with that hair, who who is hitting a buck fifty, and uh, with three runs score on on a double that should have never even happened. I mean, yep. this, are, are they really that serious? I, you know what I say? If you're not going to go and make a serious bid for Otani, then screw it. Just go ahead, be be sellers, and start mm-hmm. afresh and get the minor leaguers up here as soon as possible. That's what I would do. Because I'm going to tell you something. We cannot compete with Baltimore. They have had our number, and they will have our number for years to come. They are legit. That's Wow. Okay, so Steve, thank you for the call, Steve. I appreciate the passion. Uh, yeah, there were a lot of blue jerseys. Mets fans really tri- – maybe there were a lot of Mets fans who have seen their team not play so well at City Field this year that are disappointed. Fenway is obviously a bucket list or a destination ballpark for a lot of people, John, and it's not that bad a ride. It's only a couple hours up I-95. Uh, of course, once you get to Boston, it'll be another couple hours thanks to the Sumner Tunnel traffic. But, you know, they travel well. They probably bought the tickets nice and early. Uh, Sox fans probably on the fence about committing to this team right now. I wasn't. I would have compared to Alfaro to Jason Momoa, not Fabio. <laughs> I take he does kind of look like a discount Aquaman, doesn't he? He he's got that. He's got you know. If you put put them side by side, I couldn't tell either of them apart. Yeah, and, and if we're being honest, catcher has been a little bit. It's great to see Wong kind of steady things now in the middle of the season, but catcher has been a bit of an issue since they moved on last year from Vasky. Hopefully they can find a dependable backup catcher in the future. That play last night was uh, one for the ages, but the offense saved the day with Duran and, of course, a couple of big bombs from Casas as well. Sox win last night 8-6. to six. That's our feelings on what they should do at the trade deadline and what they're going to do. Hopefully they are modest buyers and stay in this race for the long haul and we do not see a fan revolt. We want to build for the future and, of course, we would like to enjoy ourselves now. Talking sports with you, Fitzy and Lions on WEI. When we come back, let's make a little bit of a Patriots pivot. In just a couple of days, training camp 2023 opens up. Coaches are there. The veterans are reporting. The rookies are ready to rock and roll. Everybody is signed. Are we sleeping on the potential of this team? Because it seems like with recent moves and the fallout from not signing DeAndre Hopkins, they may be bigger fans of the talent they have. Let's take a look at the roster and what we expect on the first week of training camp 2023 with Fitzy and Lions and you on a beautiful summer Sunday on WEEI. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.